Oh, actually, I do have a story. Here's my story. It was a very sportsy weekend for me, and I'm going to point a spoon at you about <laughs> it. Um, I went and saw the, the Rugby World Cup is on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, my friend invited me out to watch it, and it's his birthday. So I was like, oh, well, I'll definitely you know, do that. And um, it was about 20 minutes into the game. Like It was a tense moment, but every moment in rugby is tense because there aren't really breaks in the action. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a really close game. Like It was, it was down to the wire. Uh, Ireland beat South Africa. Those sound like teams that are good at rugby. <laughs> uh, I knew this from that one daily game. Um where you would click to try and uh, oh was, yeah, I know the, like they're like oh you, here's a random nation and you want to try and get them all so that they're in the top ten of whatever sports teams. Uh, I thought you were like going to say that you've one. seen Invictus, uh, the completely forgettable movie. Invictus. The Irish rugby uh, Invictus was and they actually the channel RTE two played Invictus after the match and I was like is this a burn or like, what are they going <laughs> for here? Um, they're going for we've only got the one rug mo- rugby movie. Well, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but they, they literally played against South Africa. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so it's actually Ireland's number one in the world. They're like, this is the first time we've been one in the world in a sport in anyone's memory. <laughs> wow. Um, but uh, uh, at one point, at like 20 minutes into the match, the uh, the TV did that thing where it's like, are you still watching? Other, uh, click any button or this TV <laughs> will turn off in three minutes. And then there was a countdown. It took up like a good... 65% of the screen and you could see it, it, it was the it was the 24 countdown <laughs> you could see you could see like I, I started looking around because we were kind of in the corner and of course the bartenders were fucking swamped and like and like I and everybody was just going you know people are getting kind of nervous they were like is something gonna happen we're not gonna see it is a TV gonna turn off and I was like for some reason I was like I don't have enough of a stake in this to get super nervous. So I stood up and I walked over to the TV and I looked up at it and it was just the, it was just high enough that if I stood on a little stool that was already there, I could, I could hit it <laughs> with my hand. Um, and I looked at it and I was like, okay, that's the power button. So if I don't touch that, it should be fine. And I, and I stood up on the stool uh, and like a and hush, fell. and like a hush went over the crowd, <laughs> and I and I and I hit. Uh, I mean, I'm talking forty to fifty people watching this one TV in this bar, um, and I hit I hit a button, and all that happened was the box went away. I got a hit standing ovation. Yeah. I got a yeah. standing. O- people stood up and were like. Oh, yeah. Everyone else has just lost. And, like, they had no logic like, of what to do because went, they were so <laughs> into the game. <laughs> yeah. Did you American. have to buy your drinks? I was just like, did oh, you have to buy your drinks? Um, I, d- I didn't buy any drinks after that, but I also, it was also my table that bought them for me. Um, but, uh, but, it, but it was funny because, like, I sat down, everybody was like, like, people at my table who aren't people I know that well because it was like my friend's friends because um, it was his birthday were like, this is the bravest shit I've ever seen. I can't believe I was going to say, that's you insanely the powerful. You off, yeah, and yeah, really created a problem. Yeah. <laughs> they, were like, they were like, it was like watching a bomb defusal. And like, I was, exactly I was, what I was going to say. Was, you were sweat <laughs> from their perspective, you were like sweating as you got up there, but you only have two buttons and you're like, <laughs> Two on, like, what if like, the buttons were unlabeled? Like, like, what would you have done? Would you have walked like, away? Could you well, walk away you could in that tell, moment? You could tell which one was the power. They were unlabeled, but you could tell which one was the power button because it was bigger than the rest, and it and it had like a little gray on it. And it was like, wow. I bet that's the power button. 
that that's that didn't even have you the undersold it then it by was... by saying that there was you could tell the power button you reasoned out which was the power button yeah. you saved so, the lives of between thirty and fifty people that day so so like so like they like my, my the people at my table kept breaking it down for me they were like you looked at the TV and you looked for the exact amount of perfect amount of time because any less than people would have been like oh he's reckless and any more they would have been like he doesn't know what he's doing but you looked for the exact <laughs> right amount of time to look like you knew exactly what you were doing literally I was in the tw- I was in the bathroom like uh, like 10 minutes later having moved on from the conversation and this guy was like oh it's the legend that's that fixed the tv <laughs> <laughs> like, in the, like i was just peeing it said so press like, any oh. button they're like impressive men <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying like i got i got i'm and everyone was like oh you're the real hero you're the man of the match whatever they say the man of the match is they're wrong it's you um it was a very special moment for me. I uh, I, I could have easily I mean, gone the opposite way. Like my brand could have supported either one. The the you turn off the TV and then fall would have also been a great story. Extremely, <laughs> yeah. Also, extremely my brand. Um, oh my god! And then everyone like boos you, and then you get up and you turn the TV back on, and they're like, "Yeah!" I turn around and I'm like, "Why is the power button in the middle? <laughs> Why would they do that?" <laughs> And then they tell you to report to the deputy eunuch, and then you're uh, bagged and kidnapped and put on a boat somewhere. <laughs> Forced to drink poison. A lot happens in this television program, uh, when, and when, I when really I was, struggled to half, follow it. When I was a half hour in, and two people had been forced to drink poison, uh, <laughs> two different people, I was like... The stakes were so high, <laughs> and they would just say something about, like, the deposed queen, and I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> so, She's deposed? <laughs> So wait, so so we're are we do we have to do the we have to do the podcast now? Yeah, about we can the do show. That, I guess, no. Yeah, that's no problem. Can you yeah, do I can it? Definitely do that. I know I can definitely do that. Um, are you, you ready just, to stick needles into your feet? Or if you just want to, if you just want to start us off, Ian. Folks, it's that time once again. It's that time that you. Oh, no. oh, my ankle. Oh, no. Oh, my chair. Oh, my chair. It bucked. Oh, no. My chair was. So... Oh, fuck. Oh, no. I'm okay. I can definitely. Joining. Hold on. Let me just it's... get the earphones back here. I just. Folks, just yes. It's that earphones. time. It's that time for, as you know, the just... podcast dedicated to covering the first and last episode of every television show in existence. Just, I'm just, Ian Benson. Just Joining me as always, back. he has uh, fallen off of his horse and hurt his ankle. It's Stephen Doughton. No, I can definitely do... Oh, wow, my ankle. I can definitely do this podcast. No, it's my duty. I, uh, this is what I do. I do. Oh, no, I can definitely do it. Don't worry. Don't worry about me. You don't me. have to do it. You can go home. No, I had no idea. Also I joining us it. as always... His disease is from <laughs> frequent diarrhea. I knew immediately you were going to say this. <laughs> it's Travis Marmon. Uh, That's one of my quote options. My many, yeah, my many infirmities. <laughs> I'm telling all my ministers to go away. So I, I took a goddamn boomer screenshot of that moment <laughs> so that I could just send it occasionally. Yeah. Like I saw it and I was like, I have enjoyed watching this program, but everything we've done was worth it for this small moment. Yeah, that's one of three quotes that I just wrote down from the last episode, one of which I also already said. Um, Wait, which one? Uh, follow the orders of the deputy eunuch. <laughs> and then the last one I had was, I found out the prescription for yin-yang disorder. <laughs> I, I was and actually it's just seeing my dick <laughs> uh, we are here to talk about 
Jewel in the Palace, the 2003 South Korean historical drama television series created by Lee Bong-hoon that aired from September 15th, 2003 to March 23rd, 2004 for 54 episodes that uh, had an average viewership rating of 45.8% and a peak of 57.1%. I wanted to look up more I love of what that's those stats how they measure that. Yeah, it was like, is that of households in the country? I don't know because the page is entirely in Korean that is cited on Wikipedia. <laughs> I went to don't check the Google re- translate I was like, that and see see what comes. It up. was just one where I clicked and I was like, uh, uh, and then just you know, uh, dipped again. But um, you're not yeah, confident in your Hangul. Yeah, well, I mean, it was just, it was the same stat again repeated, like, so I'm just like, I can only imagine that that means percent of the population. I thought this show was interesting. The, 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 it was a bit, it was a bit draggy, right? It didn't need to be as long as it is, which I think about most shows at this point. Uh, I did watch the final episode partially at 1.5 speed, and that didn't take anything <laughs> away, I don't think. Um, but... Uh, yeah, well, I just thought it was interesting, mostly because it started out as like, like a period, like royalty drama, and ended up like a period medical drama. Like, mm-hmm. it was, I was like, is this is this is this medieval house? Is that what this is now? Did it turn <laughs> into this at some point? The thing for me was knowing, like, oh yes, it's the story of this one character, and then being like. Didn't get much of that character across the two <laughs> no, episodes. Especially the first one. <laughs> Got maybe a minute of her in the first one. Um, which of us is the woman who's already met but killed? Which of us is the one who will who will be saved but, but um, yo, it'll will be your die fault because that she of him? Died. And, and which... the third will kill him but go on to save many lives. Also, uh, Matt is the him in this situation. Since he's oh, the... great. Okay. Yeah, so so think of this like that. Which one of us has Matt already killed? Ian, Matt has already killed you. Uh, mm, I, think. I was going to say Steven. Huh. We do agree that Travis is going to kill Matt, right? I don't know. It might be me. Mm, that's a fair point. Wow. You know what? Maybe, maybe we don't fit this trifecta quite right. But number two is the person who Matt saved, but it will be his fault that they die. I think that's Travis. The idea of Travis holding up a sign that says, you saved my life. (laughs) Your music saved me. (laughs) There was a moment. uh, You know what? I'll wait until we start. I kind of want to wait. Are we going to plot this one? I think we should plot this one. I just want to do our broad broad response, which is, I found this to be the most difficult to watch show that we've covered in a very long time. Yeah, Um, yeah, Travis, we all know Travis hates reading. <laughs> Travis hates I'm already, Travis I'm already pretty allergic to to period dramas, and I know you can like peri- that's a really broad category, but you know what I mean yes. when I refer to that. Um, you saw you know, someone in non modern clothes, like royal just... court shit is yeah, never going to be appealing to me. Um, but it's a thing I associate largely with the British. But it's good to know that uh, Koreans also do this in a way that is equally um, completely boring to me. Uh, that drags on and on, but with way less lower production value also that this looked like a soap opera for much of it. But also pretty landscapes. It did have that. A thing that Travis is really known to take in. 
I I can't I can't tell you the number of times I've been driving anywhere with Travis and he stopped the car and really took in the serene natural beauty of the area. Really like you know we we joke about Travis living Manos or whatever it is, <laughs> and that's really that when you see will it. Always when Travis, be funny. <laughs> it's always great. Um, but yeah, we really you know you just it's in those moments where Travis really appreciates the quiet detail of life. And you're overwhelmed by the sheer beauty, and you look at us, and you're like, "The world contains but one masterpiece, and it is itself." I liked when the one dude did martial arts for like thirty seconds at the end of the first episode. That was a, sur- a pleasant surprise thrown in there for me. I did feel so. <sighs> who here has any relationship with Jewel in the Palace or K dramas? Yeah, it was like, how about Korean television? <laughs> Period. Well, my oh, like uh, former guest uh, Ali. Uh, who was on the Skins episode, um, if, if you're into the lore, um, got into K-dramas about seven months into COVID lockdown, which is after mm-hmm. we had exhausted all of RuPaul Drag Race. Um, and I had played, and I had 100%ed um, Death Stranding. Everything sounds good and healthy so far. Then she got into K-dramas. I yep. wish I could remember the name of the one that she watched. I, maybe I should have asked, but like I haven't watched another K-drama. So. I have no relationship with K-dramas, but I do love Korean cinema. So this was an easy find for me on my international television experience for this podcast season or whatever. Uh, because it was name-checked in a podcast I was listening to already uh, when they were covering Lady Vengeance because the main actress in this was the star of Lady Vengeance. And I was like, well, now I'm filing this one away in my brain. So who's the main character? Cause it the, the great... What's her name? The, 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 the physician? Yeah. The, the daughter? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, Jane that Goom. makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, she... The, the based on the true story of Jang Gum, who was reportedly the first female royal physician in co- Korean history, Jang- and is mentioned <laughs> ten times in the annals of the Joseon dynasty. Jang Gum, uh, a, a distortiony uh, uh, bop by Japanese Breakfast, which I 100% comes from this. <laughs> Does it? Well, I'm betting it does because again, I want to be clear. This is the this is widely considered one of the primary moments that launches the Korean wave of culture that has been going on since, you know, the late 90s, where it's, you know, a nation that kind of like how, you know, there was the idea in the 80s that uh, Japan was going to take over the world because uh, they just manufacturing-wise were way above their, you know, uh, their size and all of that, and... It's why every sci-fi movie of that era features a future that has, like, serious Japanese influence was the idea that, well, yeah, of course Mm. they will be, you know, a superpower like that. Korea has become, you know, one of the preeminent pop culture, cultural in general uh, spaces over the last, you know, 20 years or so. Like, the biggest band in the world is a Korean boy band. I don't know. I, I guess that's interesting. Like, I don't think of Korean television having taken any hold in the West. Um, no. But, like, films around this time, like, old boys. Well, like actually, the same wait a minute. What are you right? talking about? Other than Squid being game. remade. As, oh, yeah, you're right. But the, but when I do think of Korean, the Korean wave, I think of it as being very, very recent. Like, in this era, there was old boys, like, the same year as this, I think. Like, you get occasional movies trickle through. 
you know, Bong Joon-ho, you know, even before Parasite, at least had like Snowpiercer over here and people liked the host a bit and stuff. Um, but like K-pop felt like outside of Gangnam style, um, it feels like it just was overnight here, like a few years ago. Like I feel it like, and some of this is just like me being older and like not keeping up with like pop music in the same way. But it truly did feel like I just woke up one day and BTS was selling out arenas in the United States. Well, the other thing too is that like I mean, it's not only an English. I mean, it's not only an American experience. Yeah, of this. Like, I, was, I do. The K drama wave has is is large in around the world, particularly mm-hmm. in Asia. It has gone beyond that part. Like I believe the phrase comes from Chinese journalists describing it originally as That's like a thing that was being notable there and then has just uh, continued on and on. Um, and I there's also... absolutely no problems at all with the Korean culture industry. No issues at all with the pop star <laughs> factory. No, no, no. It's all. I don't know enough to get into that. It's all about board. Um, that is interesting also that it takes over the rest of Asia because I really do just think of like the three big East Asian countries or whatever when you think South Korea, Japan, China as three nations with a very long history of conflict with each other. Uh, so it kind of surprises me that they can, they also do influence each other in these ways. Uh, I was watching a movie the other day um, about, uh, it's called Shortcomings directed by Randall Park. It was all right. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said on Letterboxd, derogatory felt biographical to me. Right. Um, about just three sort of aimless uh, Asian Americans, and uh, there is a part where it is like a uh, the main character, the the main man in it is a uh, he's a he's in the movie is a Japanese American, but is played by a Korean American actor. But mm-hmm. uh, he pretends to be the boyfriend of his uh, lesbian friend so that she can go to a wedding, and she's just like, don't mention the whole Japanese thing around my granddad because he still remembers when your people uh, raped and pillaged and dominated our nation and the character's response was that wasn't my people. My family had been in this, te- this country for generations. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, I was like, right. Yes. The history of Asia is a lot like the history of Europe and, uh, the American tendency to treat it like a monolith is all. Oh, I am always reminded of a time in high school where, um, one person who Steven and I, uh, went to high school with and Travis, of course, why I why you would, you would remember, um, we all uh, were, were um, it was someone talking about a set of what he thought was twins, and then one of them was like, "You know, we're both adopted, uh, and, and I'm Vietnamese and yeah. he's Korean. Yeah, we don't look anything alike. Yeah. They really, they really didn't look very much alike. Um, <laughs> no. Legitimately, no, they were. Uh, so it was just one of those like very different skin color, very different body shape, like build, very different." just like facial features like really they did not look similar this was truly good it, like, oh, it <laughs> only it can only yeah it was only a racist brain that would see these two and the I think last they were name twins yeah <laughs> and draw the conclusion that they were twins yeah like um, did i ever tell you about the the weird prank that happened after the first rugby game i went to that i was on the team for like i didn't play in the first rugby game that i went to and then i played in the, all the ones after that and by all the ones i mean three until i got injured every time and i quit i tell you about like the the thing that the guy did to me i think no, i did no. but i don't know if i said it or on the podcast. if you did i don't remember so there was this guy i think his name was johnny legitimately 
and we'll call him Johnny for the story's sake. And Johnny was there, and he was really good. He's a very good player. Uh, um, but we were we were set on the sidelines. We were chatting away, um, and we went down and we we sat and we sat down for a drink afterwards. And he he brought there was some some girl that had who had come with him. I think to watch him. Oh God, I wish I could remember. He, I mean, he must have played in the game because she came to watch him. And we were sitting having a drink afterwards. She's like, he was like, oh, this is my sister name and i was like oh cool you can come and brother like i ask questions you know they're ch- chatting to me and as the night goes on they're just like getting a little bit more cuddly as the drinks mm. go go on uh, so it was just angelina jolie um maybe and then and I, and I kept like looking down the table at the other lads <laughs> and being like and this guy was and this guy was asian and i was looking down the table at the other the other guys being like what and nobody was really making a face at all. And then they just like got really close. And at, like at one point they kissed on the mouth. And I was like, okay, so it was a prank then. And he was like, and he was like, dude, we're not even from the same country. And I was like, dude, like you can say that, but you to- you just told me. I didn't assume. I wasn't yeah. like, yeah. oh, here's two Asian people. They must be siblings. You said it to me, and I don't know you, so I just believed you. <laughs> like, I don't know that you can it's call me... a shitty me, prank. I don't yeah. know that you can call me racist for being like, oh, this person who you said is your sister is your sister. <laughs> <laughs> no. But yeah, it was... It was I, mean, it was I mean, I think it was an actually an okay prank because the, the unease that was going through me for like the five minutes when they're body language started getting a little bit more familiar i was like i guess i guess there is that part that that was i was like okay yeah that's a bit of fun your your Um, your two options are they uh, lied to you or you have stumbled into a psychosexual uh, film that you're just like oh (laughs) no oh no i'm in the dreamers uh, by uh, berlatucci i'm not not in france i'm not in italy what's going on (laughs) i did yeah <laughs> yeah, it does lose something if they're not if they're speaking English, I think. Yeah. <laughs> in those movies. Anyway, anyway, uh, this all this all uh, this all bridges nicely into yes, there were times when I was like is that that character or not? Um because uh I did grow up differentiating people's faces that did not look like this. And uh, also, everyone's shame, wearing similar always, outfits and things. I and will always, I will also always point to the fact that I could not tell the difference between the cast members of The Departed, as a no evidence racist. that I am not racist. <laughs> but nobody can. You're just, that's the thing. I can. I, 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 can't, I can't. But tell I who's who in The Departed. I know every all. English language actor of all time, especially if they're Boston related. I have been asked by multiple people what happened to Ben Affleck's voice in that. Um, it's so Duncan funny. He did it's so with, funny. I, with um, who's it? Was it ice? Who is it with? I Ice Spice. Is it Ice Spice? It's yeah. Ice Spice. Yeah, he he's just putting on Ave, and it's really weird. <laughs> but it, but he's not because it's he Boston. Is. It's he's in putting Boston, on the Boston Ave, yeah, it's, but it's some. But it's I've in never between, heard anyone like call it Ave. I've oh, I, I think that's how they they. I've always heard people just say A B, but uh, I know what you mean. It, but. I just for me it just feels like he lost the Boston accent a little bit and then he's like I'm in a Duncan ad I need to triple down on it and it's just like code switching for Duncan. <laughs> Do you know he's fluent in Spanish and has like a perfect accent? No, because he spent time in Spain. Or I mean Mexico growing up as a child and like someone I saw like some interview once and some and like the comments were like I want to be clear to the English language speakers. Ben Affleck sounds like he is directly from Tijuana or something <laughs> like that. Like it That's is just like it is pitch perfect 
local accent thing like that. And I was like, I love how powerful he is. <laughs> he's got a Phoenix tattoo, and he sounds either extremely like he he's from Boston or, or extremely from Tijuana. Yeah, he did do that. Uh, but he has nothing to do with this television show, which the biggest struggle for me on keeping track of faces was... Uh, and characters was there were so many characters because by the time we get to the second episode we are like 50 years after the first scenes right. we have watched so and, there was just always someone and new again, being introduced say, from like, my perspective to to to, <laughs> to make steven's uh racism to feel to make him feel a little bit better about it, it is also like everyone is in a uniform every every like female character that works at the court is like dressed in the same in a uniform and every man hair... has the exact same facial hairstyle yep yep um like i think that's also reflecting the period and the women are yeah. all and the women all have like this weird like hair hat thing that, where yeah. it's like braided and that going cool. around their head yeah it did look cool <laughs> you gonna you gonna try that yeah i mean i think i think i have to grow it out a little longer before i do something like that <laughs> is appropriation if I dress like a 16th century Korean woman? <laughs> um, yes, this line from like... Wikipedia, in a time when women held little influence in society, young apprentice cook Jang Gum strives to learn the secrets of Korean cooking and medicine to the cure the king of his various ailments. That sounds like an indie game. I would be like, Stephen, you got to check this one out on Switch, yeah. okay? Yeah. This You're whole like show cook, is just about the king being sick all the time. <laughs> I love doing a medical drama where the case of the week is just the king every week because he's just an invalid. It's like Dark Souls, but you're Pinocchio. That's uh, Travis. Okay, that's a fantastic show. Yeah, it's a fantastic (laughs) case of the week. One really sick guy. Hold on, hold on. It's oh, it's Bolsonaro. That's exactly (laughs) what I've been trying to say for two minutes. Every time I'm going, hold on, hold on, and all of that was the moment when I was watching the show. I was like, imagine if this was Bolsonaro. (laughs) Imagine if oh, that was I remember the episode episode where he got bit by the emu and they had to bring him in, and then the one where they had. The episode where they had to suck all the shit out of his body because he was too plugged up. Uh, oh. Or the one where they had to like, put it def- back in or there's whatever. A, yeah. there's a, there's his fourth COVID, COVID episode. There's a COVID episode every season. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, this is the COVID episode, like the musical episode of Riverdale. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I uh, Every person I know wouldn't shut, <laughs> shut up about that television program. Like... I would probably have to kill myself about this. Just like, oh, yeah, here's the episode where Bolsonaro got stabbed at Publix or whatever. <laughs> she saved him, though. I had that thought and um, was just like, the problem with Bolsonaro is that uh, everything that happened to him was way too unbelievable <laughs> that it wouldn't work to television, even though it actually happened to a real person. Right. Every episode ends with him giving a thumbs up to the camera as the credits roll. <laughs> the best ever to do it it being go to the hospital <laughs> uh plot but, uh no well before we get to any of that uh so uh the, for the first episode and, I, and you know we'll, we'll try our best to recap this as is the first episode is mostly set up for all of this it's basically the main a prologue introduced. yeah uh because at the outset we get um King Song Jong has ordered the execution of his wife, the deposed Queen Yoon, um, and the mother of the crown prince. And uh, I do, this is where I was like, I, I had no idea what this television show was. Like, I knew, like, the whole, oh yeah, she, like, works from the kitchen to being a doctor. So I thought it was going to be 
way more down tempo and then, as you said Stephen, 30 minutes in when you paused it and two people have been forced to drink poison <laughs> and i was like uh uh-huh, yeah. to answer to answer a question you had from earlier so this in real life happened on august 29th 1482 so if our main character is like born a year after this i think is sort of the implication that we're getting then she'd be in her late 60s at the end of the show where she looks exactly the same well i think i don't think she gets born right after like the year after that i think it's like i think a little time goes by but enough the guy where it's being... still just as it does not sync up yeah with, uh, i think they condensed the timeline of these how cool is that hermit a guy hermit's cool i think a hermit is a good thing to add to any show what would be you you get free reign at hbo past and present what what are you putting a hermit in first Honestly, okay, I haven't watched it, but I feel like Euphoria could use a hermit. <laughs> I think if Zendaya went to yes, a hermit yes, yes, yes. and then was like became enlightened, I think that would probably be good. I, and I then from my understanding from my understanding of that show, then she'd fuck the hermit and then he would be like injected with fentanyl or something. But I was about uh, to ask, what is your understanding of Euphoria? I think I think you've answered that I now. Yeah. Seen, I haven't seen the show. Um, I do like that uh, every time it gets talked about, it seems like it's like a thing to scare, uh, you know, young, like old millennial parents or whatever yeah. about how terrifying the Zoomers are. And then I'll see a clip of it and I'm like, oh, this is just. Well, and only, in only 33 year olds watch it also, as far as I can tell. I don't know if Zoomers are actually watching Euphoria. But, um, but no, so yes, the deposed Queen Yun has been. They've, they've ordered the execution, and everyone that has been sent to do this is totally cool and normal about it. Um, and uh, n- not at all, you know, stabbing their horse so they can be thrown off. That and, was, a, that was uh, a pro move, honestly. I, I, was like, I was like, man, I also wouldn't want to kill the deposed queen. So, like, st- like any, any way to not kill that deposed queen is good enough for me. The guy who did kill the deposed queen literally got like a cursed prophecy because of I it. think there were two heads up plays in this episode. Uh-huh. Because it's that and then also the woman who dilutes the poison before oh giving the God. poison to her friend. So no, real- does she didn't she didn't dilute it, she fucking mixed in the antidote. Okay, by nature that still is dilution. Okay, but more specific and also still. you know. She didn't just add water. <laughs> okay, because like, oh, I thought I thought it was the, the thing where it was like because uh, I thought the one guy said the thing about like oh, she either had some of the antidote or but it's definitely the it antidote because all the other women were also force feeding her the poison. So there's just, like I don't think her dilution would have saved her. It had to have been that the was antidote. a wild scene. Wild scene. I haven't seen a scene like that since uh, fucking Midsummer. Um, you were I'm, just reading, you were I'm just reading the Wikipedia page on the deposed Queen Yun of the Hamon Yun clan. Because I was like, why was she deposed? Um, well, why? She was this, very welcome, temperamental. Welcome to the, as you, well, hold on a sec. Welcome to As You Know learns about the history of a different country. <laughs> yeah. It's rules. She was originally a concubine um, and then became okay. the second queen after the first one died. And she was very temperamental and highly jealous of Xiong Zhang's remaining concubines, even stooping to poisoning one of them in 1477. They fucking loved poisoning in the 15th century Korea. I mean, it they is, were obsessed it is, uh, with poisoning each other. Um, one night, <laughs> well, Travis, you got to understand that was the poisoning game was so big at that time. She became highly jealous of the other concubines, poisoned one. One night in 1479, she clawed the king, leaving visible scratch marks on his face. 
The king tried to conceal the injury, but his mother, Queen Dowager Insu, discovered the truth and ordered the queen to be deposed and sent to exile. After several rehabilitation attempts initiated by her party, influential government officials petitioned for her execution. And then they did. This sounds like it should be a Park Chan-wook film, actually. The poisoning another concubine? I would have never gotten into this shit if it weren't for Crusader Kings. Now I'm, like, in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you heard that. Oh, my God. That is. I did play that character in Crusader Kings that one time, if you remember, when I first played. The Murder Countess. Yeah, the Murder Countess, who I reshaped the entire map because I didn't know how to play the game. So I had, I had uh, found myself only with just a small piece of land and a woman who had no titles. So I was like, well, I'm not going to make it probably much further. Let me just see what chaos I can cause. And then I assassinated all of the surrounding kings and completely reshaped the map. And I think I maybe assassinated one of my friends I was playing with. She has been portrayed in a lot of TV and movies in Korea. Well, yeah, that story rocks. Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, I'm trying to see if she has like a, if there's like a legacy or if anyone's trying to be like, let's rewrite the history of like why she clawed the king. Like he probably was bad, which I don't know. I perhaps, mean, but we just don't have any enough records of this kind all of thing. Kings obviously, are bad. I I think um, the phrase "deposed queen" really cool. It, it does make her sound like a FromSoft character. Uh huh. That's true. Or a band that Travis would go see. I'm going to go see Deposed Queen. Yeah. <laughs> although although the problem with Deposed Queen as a band name is it's like almost It's got a like really the, famous band's name in it already. Yeah, yeah, that is it's exactly It's the Wayne's World, the Shitty Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Deposed Queen. Lenny <laughs> good? No, they suck. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh this is completely unrelated, but just because of that, um the frontman of my band I'm currently in said he was con- which is called, is concert- which is called Thornwalker. Uh, we don't have any music out go. yet, though, but we will soon. Uh, he was considering quitting his job to tour manage his friend's Green Day tribute band, which is called Not Green Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, anyway, so your man, your man kills... So Chun-Su. Yeah, kills uh, deposed Queen Yuan. And uh, she's like, and she is, she is spitting some blood and fire at the yeah, end there. Being the, really dramatic the, about her bring execution. Bring the prince here. I would. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Probably. I mean, if I was, yeah, I, I, if what, I had a son, what, I would make him watch me drink wrong? poison. You would die, like. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Execution is a great stage to be the biggest drama queen that you can be. Right. Um, and you know, she's like, oh, you know, you'll all be ashamed of your words and deeds, or whatever she says. Um, which is great because then it sets up a, a, a good montage of him like reliving the sounds of her death and you know the woman who takes care of her screaming and all of these things yeah. as he wants through the forest which may or may not be a dream I, I actually couldn't tell what was and was not a dream um, all of this happened Okay, great. in real life yeah, including this the man part- ran through the forest and that all happened including her, the part her where he was- in the cryptic message where he was sitting next to somebody he called Master, and uh, Master gave him... And I feel like we actually have to say verbatim the prophecy, because uh, it's so important to the plot of this episode. Oh, my phone's dead. Fuck me. He says, your life will revolve around three women. The first you have already met, but you killed her. Another you will save, but but she will die because of you. And the third will kill you, but will go on to save many lives. 
I will be real. This was the part where it's like, I don't know what's going on here, but yeah. I'm digging the vibes. The vibes are amazing. I wish the hermit was more dramatic looking. Yeah, he was just a guy. He just happened to live in a cave. The weird thing is on the Wikipedia synopsis, the word hermit is a hyperlink. So at first I was like, oh, is the hermit someone special? And then instead I just went to the page for hermit on Wikipedia. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know what? That feels like one of those times where you didn't need to to, hi- to make it a link. Because there are a lot of words here that you don't make a link, Wikipedia. <laughs> you don't have it be like kitchen. And then I can Message. click and read about what a kitchen Cryptic. is. Life. <laughs> kill it takes you to death or whatever i like that it says it doesn't become clear until later in the story that the three women are the poisoned deposed queen his wife and then his daughter which felt pretty much like at the end of the episode i was like oh, i think i got it okay. set which this is why i was so confused and when you're like we only got a minute of the character is the whole time the character that is his wife i assumed was jengum no, because uh, no. I had it's the, really it's the daughter. I was really about ten minutes into the show, like, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> this Travis, is gonna be a tough episode. <laughs> Travis, I want to be very clear. Oh, look, look at me, Travis. Mm-hmm. It's only going to get worse for you. Why? The international tour. Board. If you can't, oh, okay. if you Bizarre can't handle this one, shows. if you can handle this one, oh my god, what are you going to do when we get to some of the other parts? Of the it's going to close world? with Heartland. So still going, uh, don't, actually. don't worry about don't worry about what's going to happen when we get around to Canada, okay? So, I I did have a I did have like an, an internal MST3K moment when he's sitting and he's talking to the hermit because he's like, how do I avoid meeting this the the third woman who's going to kill him? And he's like, well, in order to avoid the third woman, you have to avoid the second woman. And then he like kind of just is like, well, I guess I just won't meet any women for the rest of my life. Uh, but like he's he's like how am I gonna know he's like how am I gonna know you know how am I gonna know who the second woman is or blah 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 or like how do I avoid he's literally like how do I avoid it and then he hands him a bunch of pieces of paper and I can't read Korean uh, and like he gets like this this scared look on his face and I'm like oh my god what if that paper says kill yourself like (laughs) (laughs) just says KYS on it yeah Yeah, it says KYS but in Korean I don't know I'm like in my head he's like how do I avoid meeting this fate just kill yourself bro that that would be wild I know Uh, but uh, that's not what it said it said something like stream gentle uh, head or something like that but those were all anagrams or something, yeah. yeah there's a lot going tough. on here. It's that's tough just when the like, characters aren't even. It's just like you can't do shit like know. this with the Roman alphabet. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, we have an, we have an, we an, do an, have anagrams, yes, but it doesn't but work in quite the same, same way as it, it going no. to a different. Yeah, no, it's a whole no, thing. because of the fact yeah. that all of the strokes mean something in and of themselves, and then or yeah, we do. We have the thing where it is like yes, or or we have like homophones where you're like, well, yes, this word, the word read could also be like you know. Oh, it could be these things, but it's not the this symbol. Yeah, like I've this seen the like, Batman. I understand that, um, but <laughs> this is a whole other story. No, I think uh, I I think it would be great for everyone if we could have hermits like this. That would just do give some, us do extremely cryptic advice. Yeah, I I kind of want a prophecy. I guess that's like I think I guess that's what like getting a tarot reading is at this point in, in the world. How many how many hermits do you think are out there these days? I would love to hear Travis just have to go about in his day-to-day life saying things like, that's not what the prophecy said. That's not what the fortune teller said. 
or it's just like what the fortune teller said. <laughs> Either of those would be delightful. Steven, I, I, I hope you don't take this the wrong way. I just, that feels more like your brand. And I also believe in magic, so it feels more like my brand. Yeah. Travis, though. Travis Me being getting like, shaken up by prophecy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was scared of 2012 for a while. Tell me more. <laughs> I just was. I was a little. I was like, "What if? What if? What if that shit's real? What if? What if it's all just gonna end?" Yeah, that's some fair. Calendar. That, that's fair, though. I that th- really I wormed think... its way into my brain more than it I th- should have. I think that rocks. <laughs> okay, but think, but think about it. So, like every six-ish years, every six or seven years, for like our growing up, we got a doomsday because the, the first doomsday was Y two K, and then the second doomsday was six six six. Like people were actually making a big deal. Uh, about that I was like, and then, I, I was like not cognizant of Y two K when it was happening, and I right. don't. So no what, one I knew well, was scared well, of six six oh six. Well, let me finish. Well, let me finish, Travis, because you literally are, okay, are sorry. making my point for me. Um, yeah. And both of those were such nothing, like we, they were both nothing. And, and like, I want to be, I want to be clear. Y two K was not nothing. It was actually they did a have thing. To do stuff. And many people worked together to combat that problem. And by the time the popular consciousness was aware of it, it had been solved. Right. But there was actually some computer computer problems, and many people worked together to combat that. Sure. Right. However, we were too young to understand any of that shit. Uh, however, if there was one that was going to scare you after all the Christians freaked out about June 6, 2006, it was going to be like, hey, here's this ancient civilization that for whatever reason was way better at like pr- like predicting astrological events than we think they should ever have been able to be without the tools that we have. And where they're like, it's, there's like there's clear evidence that they were great at it, that they were like, we know where the stars are going to be. We know when these events are going to happen. We were like, we can map it out for the next 200 years or fucking thousand years. And this is the last day we think there's going to be. Um, so I could see why somebody would be like, I don't know. I don't know. They knew a lot of stuff. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Anyway, how do we get here? Hermits prophecies. Uh, are we talking about Park Myung Yi, the apprentice cook? Uh, she's the one who drinks the poison or is forced to drink the poison. Yeah. Because, okay. How does this shake out again? She sees, she sees them poisoning the queen dowager or trying to poison the queen dowager. And so she reports it to someone and then they're yeah. like, Oh no, yeah, she's caught onto her conspiracy. We're going to make up a thing that she's had an affair. Yes. That's exactly and then what they, happens. They, take her out into the middle of the woods and dispose of her soprano style of just like, all right, they might as well just throw her in a hole that that's already been dug. I will say as much as like poisoning is like, co- like cool in, in certain there we go. ways. We've got it. Steven said it. Poisoning <laughs> is cool. <laughs> yeah. It's good to do. That, that's what Steven said. That time that one guy did it in the international court. Cool. I just mean like what are you, as far fucking, as murder uh, goes, I think fucking poison- Team Rocket uh, grunt or something. You're just that's Boo! right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it was the worst joke all night, and we had some bad ones. My favorite Pokemon is Z- Zubat. Um, <laughs> uh, is it Zviper? Yeah. Um, uh, it just it seems like it seems like there's just a lot of historical evidence uh, 
and maybe this is because this is you know in history that they were doing this and they didn't notice that like there are more surefire ways to kill people like poisoning there's just so many ways it can go wrong it's like oh here's a story about a time when they gave somebody too much poison so their body was able to like recognize it before it got to the part where it actually entered the bloodstream so they just vomited so hard that they didn't actually die or like here's something here's an example where this person just had a weird gene where this poison didn't affect them you know there's just so many examples of this shit but if you just cut their head off they they're just dead so if you want them dead i'm just saying like it just this is there's things that can go wrong with poisoning yeah i know and i understand all of this but this is this is you being scott evil (laughs) It is me being Scott Evil, but it's different because Austin Powers isn't real. So I think okay, it's a yeah, little I bit. I think it's a little bit different than the that. other times this has come up. It has been a not real characters. I'm not talking thing, about John Wick. I'm talking about you know. A Korean it was later when I realized your critique of John Wick is effectively <laughs> Scott Evil's. It is. And that yeah. really was <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, but it's more thematic. But yeah, anyway, she survives because, of course, she does because th- some because there's one really nice person who gives her the antidote. It's what I believe happened, uh, and then we get to watch the the like head caretaker person. Can I tap in real quick on an unrelated thing? This has to. This is going back to Scott Evil. I think legally, after a certain point, you can't have old Wikipedia photos because I was like, how old is Seth Green? He's 49 years old. Seth Green's Wikipedia photo is from 2006. And I'm like, what does Seth Green look like now? I mean, Seth Green kind of is preserved in amber in the 2000s for most people. It was pointed out by someone, and I can't remember who, but it was just like, that's like Seth Green and Olivia Coleman and Mahershala Ali are all the same age. That's fucked up. Yes. Doesn't feel legal. (laughs) Also, just like getting the other two just got famous way later. Like after Seth Green's career was dead. Yeah, you're just like, how can none of these people, they're they're all different age brackets. What are you talking about? It's the Helen Keller and Martin Luther King and like Diane Sawyer were all the same age thing (laughs) as well. Like, you're like, no, that's not real. Where are we in this fucking show? Why does the guy do cool uh, martial arts stuff? We just talked about her getting poisoned. We're, we really yeah, haven't right. even been off topic for that long. They fucking, I know, it's just it's hard for me to... A, I watched this first episode a week ago. Um, Your eyes just have glazed over a bunch as well. Yeah, and it was hard. And then, yeah, Jesus no, it's just... Jesus Christ, Travis, we get it. It's very distracted. <laughs> I mean, I do remember the poisoning. Why did the poison so, Framed her for committing a little tree. Yeah. Dilute the poison... And uh, she's left in the woods where she is found by the uh, 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 So Chan Su. Yeah, Chan Su. So Chan Su, who uh, has abandoned his post and become a hermit after the prophecy, because that's the coolest way to respond to prophecy. Is this what I should do to meet somebody? Is abandon my post and ignore the prophecy, thus fulfilling it? Do you have one? God, I gotta get a prophecy. Yeah, tarot. I mean, I have co-star. What was my co-star today? My co-star today is Defrost Your Heart. <laughs> David Lynch in Twin Peaks. Yeah, I was like, defrost I don't think... Your, defrost your heart or die. Defrost your heart or die. I don't think many people would accuse you of being cold I said to them, defrost your heart or die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was pointing into Coveney's chest as you say <laughs> that. Yeah. Why do you know these things? Have you watched the show? 
I watch some of the show. Also, I'm friends with you and a bunch of other Twin Peak <laughs> freaks, and all you guys do is talk about Twin Peaks and share Twin Peaks gifts and reference Twin Peaks. Or sometimes you put on Twin Peaks season, uh, the Twin Peaks: The Return, episode eight, at the loudest volume our television will go to when we live <laughs> together. And I'm upstairs sick, and it's you and two other friends watching it, and I am basically hallucinating upstairs from the audio experience that of just really hearing that episode directly beneath. Because I was watching that with. Like one of my very big exes and her current boyfriend, technically, uh, at that time. And um, another person that you had been involved with, I believe. Yeah. Anyway, I moved to Ireland. Um, <laughs> These things are not related. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I'm just saying, like, you know. Uh, I know. Uh, no, they're very much not. Anyway, they have a daughter, and that's the main character at the end, right? Like, that's. <laughs> That's, that's I mean, we didn't, talk, we didn't talk. We didn't talk about all of their walking around in the great. You know, he saves her, and then he gives her more antidote, and then it, it took him forever to realize that she's the woman. Like, how is he not thinking about it constantly? When does the, cool like, is the woman? How is he not like? Stupid. Is this the woman? Like, <laughs> I've <laughs> saved her life. Oh no! Oh no! When it did took he beat the show so those guys? Long. Literally, his 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 sensei had to be like. Wow, you really saved her. And he was like, <laughs> saved her? Yes, she would have died if it weren't for you. No, 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 no. You, you did. You s- oh, no. Don't put you, that on me. And then, and then I was like, oh, so he realizes it. And then he sits down next to her and he's like, water, head, soft. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like, how, how is it taking you this long? Jesus Christ. I also think um, the part where he like decides to leave her and then she comes like follows him and he gets on the little boat and then is like crossing the river and then realizes he's like, nah, man, I can't leave her behind. And then just goes to the guy who's driving the boat and just is basically like, what are you doing? And then grabs him and throws him away so he can take the reins. I just love the incredulous. What are you doing? Guy who's just doing his job that you just paid him for. And then, yeah, he, uh, he picks her up, and then they they start a beautiful life together that will not definitely not end in tragedy, uh, because we didn't see that, so we don't know. We don't know how the prophecy gets fulfilled. We don't know how she dies or how his daughter causes uh, his death. I was watching this with somebody, and she was like, "Would you not just not save them if you knew they were going to die later?" I was like, "No, no, no. This prophecy is open ended. You could cause their death like thirty years later." <laughs> yeah. Like, also, like, on. have you ever seen anything about a prophecy? Seen or read anything about a prophecy in the history of like human storytelling? <laughs> you can't avoid it. That's the whole thing. Or you can because it's like, oh yeah, no, that's just like that's a really you have Sometimes like a really general that, yeah. interpretation what any of these things can mean. Or you're just like, oh, I don't care about the prophecy. And then you do it, and they're like, damn. he uh, He's freed us from the curse placed on the prophecy by the gods. That's like the plot of like every third JRPG that Steven and I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Foiling the prophecy. Like, yeah, yeah. It's people being But in order like, to foil the prophecy, you have to like enter the brain of a god and, and yeah. then like dismantle the prophecy from the inside, which is, you know, just kind of the continuum. It rocks that the plot of many video games is you really do attack and dethrone God. Many, yeah. many video games. Anyway, yeah, then they walk around for a while, settle down, have a kid. It's great. I'm happy. And there's like, the the way they reveal that is like a kid runs up to, a girl runs up to 
the guy and is like, where's mom? Where's mom? And, and then the camera pans up and mom is the woman from the episode. So it's like, oh, they ended up together. And we then, you know, yeah, we 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 get the end of that episode. We get a very abrupt end. Uh, I was watching and I was like, what do you mean there's like four seconds left? Characters are talking. <laughs> It's just like, nope, just over. There's no credit. Yeah. <laughs> yes, boom. Like, freeze frame. And I was like, oh, okay, that's how they do this. Okay, I understand now. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't get this. Uh, and then I pressed play on the second episode. And so much. This is always true. But in a show like this, it felt extremely true. Where I was like, I, I am unmoored. And this is delightful for that reason. <laughs> It's like watching, it'd be like if you had no exposure to wrestling and then you watched a WrestleMania and every 10 minutes someone appears and you're like, I guess that guy's also important. <laughs> and then he gets immediately defeated and you're like, or maybe not. Yeah. So, uh, do we do, would you watch more? Felt like a no. I, I was, I was, I'm curious. If it was 30 minutes instead of. Sixty, I think I would be like right. Yeah, hooting and hollering. I would consider it if it was, if it was easy. As well. If it was easy, I think the other thing, and I, and I, I do like I enjoyed the first episode, but I think the fact that the main character is not established really in it was the part where I was like, oh, I, I came to this because I wanted to see the the uh, I wanted to see uh, Lee Young Guy um, from Sympathy for Lady Vengeance, and I did not get to see much of her. And I was like, wait a minute. So, it's 1542, and King Jungjong is shitting out his doo-doo ass. Um, that is how, we're, <laughs> how we begin the finale. I, I just imagined that in the fucking Star Wars crawl <laughs> font. <laughs> it's 1542, King Jungjong has hot, has hot snakes. I think it's cool that they can't do surgery on the king because his body is sacred. I think that rocks. Right, yeah. This whole episode is basically, um, she really wants to just cut something open. That's her big... Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's obsessed she with the idea of cutting an abdomen to. open. Which she, she deserves to. But she keeps yeah, making, she makes, she the, makes the mistake of she, continuing... The thing is that she's right. Okay, that's different than deserves to. I guess that's yeah. right. Like, you're just like, she's done such a good job. Let her cut into the she king really as a treat. She really wants to do surgery, and she makes the mistake of just continually being like, well, one time I did it on a cow to get a cow. Everybody's like, everybody's like, and everybody's like what am I, a cow? Yeah, what are you calling me? What are you calling me, a cow? Are you calling my wife, calling my a, wife cow? a cow? A cow? <laughs> yeah, are you, calling, are you calling me fat is basically the response. A re- for a, another real quote from this. Sorry if my quote is lackluster, everybody. Because we um, sent them all. Because <laughs> we keep saying the quotes. Steven, you can you can say the diarrhea line anytime, and I'm going to smile. <laughs> she she just looks at the king. Yeah, your condition is yeah. caused by diarrhea. And a bowanner. Jesus, I forgot about that part of the shirt. Yeah. Do they say what his like actual like illness illness is? Yeah, it's diarrhea. He has a mysterious illness, only as opposed to the television version where someone just has a mysterious cough. They are much more <laughs> gruesome in the details. I don't know. He's just a royal. They just have weird diseases. Um, so she had been granted the honorific of die, which is the great. And um, she is now a third rank official. Me too. After she like contains an epidemic or something like that. She stopped COVID. She saved COVID. Or she, she, she's, yeah, she's like, all right, I know how to heal you. I have to cut into you. And everyone else is like, you can't do that. And she's like, it's the only way. And he's like, 
Ah, dang. Well, you're going to have to leave town? Yeah, well, I I, th- I think that's fair because everybody was really mad at her for suggesting cutting into the the, the king. So, I don't know. Pe- people be poisoning people in this world. I would also be like, oh, people are mad at this girl I like. Maybe they're going to try poison her. It is the um, that classic thing of, oh, if you do this right, you're fine. And if you fuck this up, we will kill you. Uh, which I can always think of best exemplified in Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. Um, I love the scene of the King's Court unanimously all being like, don't listen to that bitch. And like the way they <laughs> all just say, Did you try majesty. to say unanimously say and then like <laughs> Yeah, I failed, up. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't happening for me. Um, especially because I forget what it was, but like the Korean word for your majesty was like very phonetically pleasing and they all kept shouting it and then... <laughs> And he'd be it like, sounded like away. Was that the one that sounded like mama that they kept saying? It's, it had a ch sound to start with. Mm. But the ki- and the king just looks like absolute dog shit. And he's just he, like, go away. They did, <laughs> they did such a good job making him look like one of the sickest men. <laughs> like, he is sweating all the time. He's puffy. He could die any He minute. looks like Mickey Rooney. <laughs> sorry, uh, Mickey Rourke when he came back. Where you're just like, oh, God, this guy is, this guy is not well. Yeah. Um. And it really is doing some wonders for it all of just how miserable he looks. Yeah. Just so sickly. Um, and they are just like poking his feet with needles. And I don't like that. I did not like that at all. You're, are you scared um, of needles? There were a lot of needles I in just, this episode. Or I, yeah, just I, certain not, spots. Yeah, I don't know. There was just something about like, if you're putting a needle in me, I'm like, yeah, fine, whatever. Let's party. That's happened a bunch in my life. Yeah. Uh, but just watching like a needle go into a foot and there's no reaction or anything like that. That's always the part. I'm like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to see this. I like I'm not that like with a- hands. I'm okay with it with feet. Um, I don't know why. Stuff like people getting like stabbed to the hand and stuff has always been like a like big like eye eye covering thing for me. I don't know why. I wonder what Freud would I say. I won't let them that. put IVs in there either, if I can help it a lot of the time. I said last night, if I could bring Freud back to life and make him do anything, it would be watch Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and then the Fablemans. <laughs> and that joke went down like a fucking lead balloon last <laughs> night. So thank you for giggling, Travis. And really, I only, the the Fable- only the Fablemans part works for me, really. Uh, well, it's because yeah. there's a woman in the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom who's a lot like his mother, mm-hmm. and I didn't think anything, and who he later goes on to marry in real life, Spielberg. Mm. And I didn't is think it, anything it, of this until I saw the Fablemans. And uh, yes, 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 the one who can't stop screaming all the time. Oh my gosh, she's so awful. That's that's yeah. his mom. No, that's well, that's Steven Spielberg's real life wife in that movie and then I saw the Fablemans and his mother is exactly and the person his mother is exactly like that and I was like oh. that's really bizarre that he would make his wife play a woman that was anyway fucking <laughs> <laughs> hence the joke that he was telling uh, sorry so the court I is had all to like, catch up because I didn't have all the information the court the court is yeah. all like you cannot allow her to do this you are too sacred so he arranges to have her kidnapped and taken away. <laughs> it rules to be so sacred that the only outcome is you have to die. Yeah. Imagine being that sacred. No, the king's curse, I suppose. Which of us would be the best king? <laughs> That's a dangerous question, I feel. I did want to talk about the part where... <laughs> when the king is on his deathbed, 
someone is like, you better not do, I forget what says, or like, uh, Jen Goom is going to come back and scold you. Like a lot of their, like also no one, everyone thinks that she ran away after the King has made her, has ordered her to be kidnapped. And people are like, she just fled. She went yeah. to find a miracle cure or possibly got scared. Uh, yeah, she's she's gone on a, a, a grand quest to find a miracle cure from from his horrifying series. He of died ailments. so quickly. A real uh, Viserys in House of the Dragon motherfucker, where you're mm-hmm. just like, that's the the only other character I can think of as being as sick I've seen in recent television. I watch so little TV nowadays that like I keep forgetting there's a strike, and every once in a while I'll be like, whatever happened to Oya? Oh, yeah. Like, take it, like I have that thought like twice a week. Well, also though the projection has slowed down even before that on so many shows where it's like, where is whatever? Yeah, when's that show coming? And they're like, I don't know, three years from now. You're like, what? It's like, yeah, don't wor- fucking worry about Severance it. Get it when you two get it. is coming in 2029. <laughs> like, I think there was. Uh, I think there's some stuff going on in that one that is. Uh, there's also more, explaining. right? But it just got compounded, and that it's just like, who knows? We'll yeah, ever see this. Uh, yeah, because like House of the Dragon and Rings of Power, you all remember Rings of Power, right? I watched every episode except for the last one, which is insane to me. I literally just <laughs> that's, that's to it. hilarious because <laughs> no yeah. one finishes it. Yeah. That also though speaks to the quality of that program where nothing happens. I got yeah, I got I got I got through seven of the eight episodes, and it became a bit like I'd sit down with Moss and Brian and be like, "What do you want to watch?" And I'd be like, "We could always watch the finale of Rings of Power," and they just laugh. you don't even know who you don't even know who Sauron is. Um, Michi. <laughs> Apparently, the guy who did that song is a. Yeah. Apparently, the guy who did that song is like a monster. No, that's devastating oh. news. I saw his band once at like some festival, Logan Square. Yeah, I saw that on on Twitter one day. And I was like, "Wow, okay." Wasn't he uh, like Demi Edjuibe's roommate or something? Uh, which I think was part of it, where they were all like, "Oh, this guy's terrible." Because it was that crowd of people that I, I, uh, mm. I think I saw say that stuff. So, um, right. She goes, the king dies. She has to go live as a fugitive. And then we get a call back to the first episode's ending, which is their daughter coming up to the house. Where well, first she gets to the part where, like, have we established oh, that she, she has to is run now? into her, her former, to whoever fucking this dude is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he's Min Jong Ho. Yeah, I was like looking and I was like, he's not mentioned in the recap thing that I have here what his name is. So, uh, but yeah, she bumps into him and it's just like, oh, let's rekindle this relationship. It's our time. We're going to run away together. We're going to be fugitives. Which, like, if you have to be something with someone, that's a pretty hot answer to be, you know? Is that just me speaking? Am I telling on myself? <laughs> Sorry, I'm doing something very important. It is related to the podcast, it's research. I'm so afraid what Steven is doing. <laughs> They rekindle that romance, they get together, and they have Sohoon, and then we get the callback to the first episode, where she, where, like, Min, uh, or Chung Ho, I guess, would be his, his, the name that he answers to, is working in their home, and their daughter comes up, and then Jengum is like, come with me, and then th- th- whips the hell out of her calves. Dude, yeah, wait, that was, that was messed up. yeah. It probably so it like, did. Gonna... It probably did happen at that time in that. Yeah. Okay. And I, in twenty, 
I'm not going to fall into moral relativism, Stephen. I can call it fucked up in 2023 it to, to do to in the it. 16th century. There probably were also people who were like, that seems bad to them. They just weren't a majority voice. Uh, I mean, maybe even they were. Maybe it's just their family. She's just always doing this. And obviously her husband isn't like a fan of that happening either because he's like... One time I was doing the political uh, alignment chart thing with a friend. Like we were just sitting at a restaurant doing it and got to the question that was the whole like, would you spank your child? And she went, yes. And I went, really? She was like, wait. Oh? And then like thought about it. And then like years later was like, when you said that it changed something in me. Like brought this... like <laughs> no called one had that ever been back. like, Whoa. that's kind of dumb. <laughs> Yeah, we just was like that. Never really crossed my brain in a certain sort of way, and I was like, "Wow, damn! Look at that." Words have meaning making, and impact. You're making a difference by just the existing. I, I did a thing. I did one thing. I saved a life, much like how Stephen saved thirty to fifty people's lives in an Irish <laughs> bar the other night by turning by pressing a single button by on a television. A button. Yes, I did. Yes. There's like a slow clap happening <laughs> or something like that I, for you is how I imagined clap. it. Like I got a fast clap. I got a normal clap. I any clap is funny in that scenario, but just like one guy doing it, it's always yeah. the classic. And then everyone does it. They start saluting. They realize you're an American. They pin a medal on your chest. I'm trying to think if I've ever been applauded for a thing that wasn't a situation where everyone is supposed to applaud. Or a situation where it's deeply sarcastic. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't gotten a sarcastic applause in some time. Uh, uh, I've gotten I've gotten a few. Um, don't get anything so, with Pia's to... I don't remember why she's beating her daughter. Because uh, she wasn't helping her father. That's she fair. Was, <laughs> God, gotta <laughs> fucking <laughs> fuck up their crabs for that. disrespected in own home. <laughs> <sighs> so, unfortunately... Despite God, what a great period from The Onion. <laughs> Sorry, Stephen, you were saying? No, no. Despite playing, gosh, at least 40, no, more like 25 shows in Michigan in her history, uh, she has, as far as I could tell, never played in the stadium where the Pistons play basketball. Unfortunately, um <laughs> no oh, Jewel. Okay. Hey, they don't play Jewel there anymore. Playing. But yeah, Jewel never yeah, played the Palace of Auburn Hills. In the Palace. But what about the Palace Theater? Palace Theater where? I, there's many places called the Palace Theater. Jewel and the Palace Theater. Jewel. <laughs> Palace. Jewel would have stopped. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Test. look at this. Jewel has performed at the Palace Theater in Los Angeles in 2015. Okay. So Jewel at the Palace Jewel Theater. At the look Palace. at that. Boom! November 14th, 2015 at Palace Theater, Los Angeles. Does she close with Who Will Save Your Soul? She or does she open with Who Will Save Your Soul? She opened with an Over the Rainbow cover. <laughs> so she closes with Who Will Save Your Soul? She closes, well, yeah, she closes with Who Will Save Your Soul, but on the, in the encore she had. She plays it two more times? No, she played, no, she's not fucking, what, who did Jay-Z that? Jay-Z and Kanye? Oh, no, it was, um, I was pass. actually, I was, yeah, that's true. I was actually thinking of the band that starts with Phoenix. I was thinking of Phoenix, who the band uh, that starts I, with Phoenix, and you're like, oh yeah, Phoenix. Is that what you just did? I never tell you. I know. That is what. That is just what Stephen just said. I know. I know. I've told you this, but Travis, just in case I haven't told you, I went and saw Phoenix uh, at Bonnaroo, uh, and you know, bands don't really do. Bands aren't supposed to do encores at 
music festivals festival because you have a time li- you, yeah, have a ti- you have a time limit so if you're doing an encore you've really built it into the into the set already uh despite this phoenix was playing 1901 and like there was this kind of drone in the background they all left the stage and then and then they came back on the stage and just kept just kept playing 1901 just like played the riff <laughs> a few more times and did the chorus again <laughs> <laughs> left that the rolls. stage. It's like what? what you, your encore was just more 1901. <laughs> like not a, not the song again, just more of it. Like they didn't really ever stop. <laughs> right, where were we with the show? Sorry, we it's were just talking done. about. Uh, so bands. this old this guy from back in the day comes is like, is this a village <laughs> where all the blacksmiths are? Like he runs into her daughter, uh, and it's just like, and she's like, uh, I think it's that way. And he's, like, I thought it was around here somewhere. And then he finds, so there'd been some, someone is pregnant or about to give birth in the town and really needs a C-section. Uh, and this is when Jangoom is like, I can cut her open. I did that for a cow once. And that's oh when the other guy being like, are you calling my wife a cow? And she's like, I'm saying it also works in humans. And I'm like, we're going to run you out of town. I, I, you know, while she's giving times. birth. Yeah. Masculinity is so toxic that you won't save your wife with a c-section because the doctor said that she's pre- done it before but only on a cow and you're just like damn i can't i can't live with this it's really it's really a damn shame you know who else uh didn't live with his uh, wife c-section that would be uh, uh viserys targaryen the first of his name um there's a lot of parallels is what i'm saying in that these shows both have incredibly sick people and i adore that yeah i think they should have had the king's limb fall off at some point that yeah. would have been fun. Anyway, there's like a guy, just like a guy who's looking for her, and, the, and the, the kid's like, oh, the village is that way. My parents my parents taught me well. Goodbye. <laughs> and he's like, wow, that girl was a lot like Jane Goom. <laughs> what, a, what a polite child who reminds me so much of the person I'm looking for. Must be unrelated. <laughs> but it's clear that he figures that out because he does end up in the village uh, as... as there's like Benny Hill music playing while yeah. like the while the while the <laughs> people who are mad at her for suggesting cutting the woman over are chasing him and are chasing her and then the and then that guy's looking for her and then you know coming on the screen is just the uh, imperial men what did they what were they called I don't know you know the 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 kingsmen were they the guys um, with the penisy hats yes I really appreciate that Wikipedia has quotation marks around the word discovered referring to anesthesia and yeah. surgery and the write up on this it's like sarcastically um, <laughs> um so the other thing so the queen who is the the both the, the the royal dowager and also the regent as the son comes to age has decided to like bring uh bring her back jangun back right cuz she's like oh right she's done a great service we can let her back and this is after they've like taken her to the town because it's the whole thing of like wait she's still in the country and they're like no she's here she's here she's gonna move back she's gonna serve us all and i was like i feel like i missed a scene did i blink or something like that but you know because there's also then the part where the guards that have been sent are for some reason operating under the wrong order so they like ransack the house i had trouble following here but yeah they um no so they it's just like they've decided jungun and jungho uh, they they uh they return joyfully, but they're like, oh, we're gonna live outside the palace. The ending of this episode is so weird. 
Yeah, because she comes across a pregnant woman in a cave. Yeah. This felt like a fable. Yeah. Yeah, so they're, I was like, very they're, they're back in the palace for a while, and like they're all everybody's everybody's just so happy. They're like, "We love this girl, and now she's back! Yay!" Oh, these people were like parents to me, and now we get to be grandparents to the da- the granddaughter. And oh my gosh, this is this is amazing! But she wants to live outside, and then they're outside, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, there's a sound coming from this cave. There's a woman laying in the cave. This is the beginning of a curse in Irish folklore." <laughs> Like, <laughs> like, but it, well, no, it's not. But it wouldn't be because she does the good thing and helps. No, 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 no. Irish folklore. No, no Irish folklore punishes anybody who fucking does anything. Like Irish folklore is always like, should have stayed out of it. Should have stayed leave out it of the it. Hell alone. Yeah. Should have left it alone. Oh, you stuck your nose in where it didn't belong because you thought you were better than other people, and therefore that person you helped was actually a god, and that's and that god being pregnant is like their thing and you fucked it by making this born and there's a prophecy that that fetus is actually the one who will bring about ruin to the to the land and then it didn't rain for four years because you because you helped that baby be born like that is irish folklore damn that's intense um but anyway now i understand elden ring better you should li- you should listen to Candlelit Tales, uh, but skip the first episode because it's a live episode, just recorded poorly. But every other episode <laughs> is so lovely. There are a few things worse than a poorly recorded live episode. So bad. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. she helps Penny this cave audio. lady give birth via C-section. Hooray! She finally gets to do it after after a whole <laughs> All episode she's of talking to about do is cut some of the fucker up. <laughs> she's it's just wanted to slice just, and dice. Like, I th- I th- what I think happened here. If we're not going, if we're not going, this is a god route. What happened here is your man was like, "Hey, would you, would you? Oh, we know that that's going to be a breach birth. Okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to be walking. We're just going to be hiking. So could you just lie in the cave?" And and I just this is it's her birthday, so I was ho- I was hoping that maybe we could just get we could just get the yeah it'll it'll be a bit of a treat, you know she can finally cut somebody open and save the baby. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really lovely present from her husband. Isn't yeah. it? She's Isn't just it? so wanted to cut somebody open. She's wanted it for so but not long. in a weird and way. She deserves it. Not, she deserves not, it. Not in that not in that like serial killer sort of way where she's like dissecting a cat or anything yeah, like she's that. Not Jeffrey no, Dahmer. she's or, a, she's a serial saver. Or she's, but she's, yeah, she's way more like the weird kid from um, The Power of the Dog, who's like, I am going to cut Who has big open. serial killer vibes? <laughs> well, he's not a serial killer. He just kills one guy who's a bad guy. He's not. That guy a, had it coming. That's fair. But that kid's a, also a creepy little freak. I think you just mean surgeons have to start somewhere, you know? Yeah. And that's what calling. he did when he cut that rabbit open, is what I was thinking of. You know, it's a lot like cutting open the cow. I think the world needs freaks Spoilers who are just like really good at stuff. You know, like this. There's a long line of Ayn freaks. Rand. <laughs> Brad Bird? <laughs> Question mark. Yeah. Well. Sorry, sorry to boil down what you were saying into that's the tenement of, ex- of objectivism. <laughs> but there's a lot. There's a lot of ways you can go with it, and I don't think Randy and philosophy is the yeah, only. Yeah, I think we need exceptional people. Way. It's different than. <laughs> I know, but just hearing that, and I was like, yeah, I know. Uh, and listen, Brad Bird uses that as a tool to always be like, "Listen, you freaks, I'm not that. I just think that it's hard to work at Disney. That's every one of his movies is about how hard it is to work at it's Disney." To be Brad and Bird. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, listen to this objectivist freak. And he's like, no, he just is a guy who loves Tomorrowland, the actual yeah. place. Yeah, that's Jewel in the Palace. Well, then there's a happy little montage, and yeah, then... And if you're one of the lucky people... Did you feel see- like you wanted to watch any of the things that those scenes were from? Yeah, because I had a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, I was curious. Mostly of like, what? Huh? What? I also love this last sentence on the Wikipedia synopsis. To- this entire show is, while she celebrates her success, Jong Ho laments the repressive social climate of Korea and its inability to accommodate a woman with ambitions. I mean, that is what is like said in that end. I know. Where it's just like, ah, oh, man, she's always going to be going up against the... Uh, Are we talking about Barbie now? The <laughs> Yeah. I now understand Korean television point two percent more than I did before this podcast. The plot of the show that Ali watched was so boring compared to this. Like it was just like a woman who was in a town or not a town who'd like it was That's in like a city half of prestige like dramas. Trying to do was trying to do a a job in a city, but it was hard. Was it about a woman who was in trouble? Maybe. That I mean that's every David Lynch movie as he himself would say. It's about a woman in trouble. I think that's what he described Inland Empire as being, just as a fun callback to the earlier Lynch conversation. I still haven't seen that movie. I saw it in the theater and went out and left and went, "Uh uh-huh, yes, that made perfect sense to me. Okay, let's do the thing where we wrap it up. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was Jewel in the Palace. And what do we have next week? Travis. So the last couple shows we've covered have been so so much television. Just so lots now to watch. we're gonna do even more. No, we're gonna do <laughs> we're far gonna less television. We're gonna do NFL on NBC. <laughs> <laughs> now that would be great because that would just be like I'm pulling out my switch. I'm just like, damn, dude. We're gonna do a far less time-consuming show and do Squidbillies. I've never watched that show. Happy college Neither football season. I. Steven, can you tell me uh, everything you know about Squidbillies starting now? Squidbillies is a show that is on Adult Swim, or was, rather, um, and it aired when we were, like, kids, like, young kids. Um, and uh, I believe it's about hidbillies, hidbillies, hillbillies that are squids, and they're cartoons, and they get up all, to all kinds of hijinks, um, I don't know that that's true, but it would make sense for the portmanteau with the show. Uh, it probably stars someone like uh, I don't want to say Seth Green because he was rubbing. And that's time. <laughs> we'll never know who that like could be. <laughs> we'll never know at all. And I don't think Stephen would have named anyone that this show uh, that is on this show. So also, it fine. aired when we started when we were thirteen and ended two years ago. Oh, nice. Auburn sucks, right? Auburn. I'm, or are they war I Eagle? like driving in my I can't truck. Remember. Yeah, that's the the Auburn sucks song. Because uh, well, it's, I it's remember set in Georgia, they... uh, I believe. Oh, okay. And so we're going to talk so much about Stetson Bennett. We're going to talk so much about Stetson Bennett. Tracy next Morgan's week. in this. I know. I know that name. <laughs> I, I I know that man. I'm just saying. Uh, you know. But yeah, so thank you for listening. Thank you for participating in the the wonders that was Jewel in the Palace. Thanks to thanks thanks to my friends here for 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 doing this with me. Thanks to Matt for producing despite everything that's going on with Matt's life. Get well soon, Champ. We're we're sending spirit bomb energy. Your <laughs> champ, way. I champ, we mean he's your not car sick. He's just 
he's not sick. He's just dealing with so much shit right now. Um, so, uh, shouts out, shouts out always with, to Matt. Sick with the. Uh, even though apparently Matt has killed me uh, determining the lore of this podcast, <laughs> okay. and I'm not sure why. Get better, Matt. Get a car that's battery isn't in the wheel well. What? That is. Why does, a why thing. does he always have such weird cars? When we were growing up, Matt had a car where you could take the key out while you were driving. So sometimes the person in the passenger seat to prank him would just take the key and just put it in their pocket. But like he could keep driving, but he couldn't turn the car off because he'd need the key to do that. The most ghost rideable whip of all time. <laughs> hey folks so there were some technical difficulties at the very very end here and it fried everybody's circuits and everybody forgot how to podcast so uh for once i'm gonna be the one to say this hey steven can you bring us home it seems like this woman will be in strife with the times also, <laughs> hey, hey, Travis, your disease is from frequent diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs>